0: Out here on Hillsborough Street looking for real answers to some real questions. I believe a secret to a successful life is doing whatever fulfills your potential, doing what makes you happy. Finding whatever makes you happy and uh, doing that as much as you can. Um, yeah, I think determination would probably be the secret. Yeah never giving up I believe the secret to a successful life is helping others uh, time management right making the most of the a lot of time you're given for me knowing that my kids are good people oh, our Lord is Savior Jesus Christ our Savior but it's whatever makes you happy whatever if success in life is family then it's having a good family it's finding that one goal that you try to achieve hard work and patience you're never going to get anything if you sit on your ass and you don't do anything. But, at the same time, things don't always go your way, so you need to be patient and realize that sometimes it will be harder than others, and you just got to wait it out, and keep working hard, because things will get better. A positive outlook on life. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Hey, hey, uh, what, hey, come on, why are you running, what's, what's the secret to success? starting a brand new series uh, this summer called "Big Questions: Honest Answers." And uh, a little like the, uh, um, uh, the video said, man, there's just thousands and thousands of, of options, myriads of, uh, of opinions on what the answers to these are. And if you kind of ask around, if you Google around, uh, I, I think you'd get a lot of answers. but uh, you know when, you, um, uh, when the slow's down, when it's quiet when it's calm, kind of end of the night, or maybe when you're on your vacation or maybe at the end of a long, hard day. These are the questions we're kind of asking, and a lot of times we don't actually get to that place where we answer those questions, where we get our own answers, but I really believe that if we did, if we did find clarity on some of these big questions in life, that I think it could actually change our lives. I think it could change the way we uh, uh, do our relationships, the way we uh, do our jobs, the way we manage our families, the way we manage our finances, the way we spend our time. I think it could change our lives. And uh, just like this said uh, in, the, in the video that this week, we're actually asking this question, uh, what is it, what's the secret to a successful life? And I know as a kid, uh, you know, maybe our uh, definition of success maybe changes a little bit as we as we grow up. But I know as a kid, uh, I used to watch this show called Happy Days, and there was this character, Arthur Fonzarelli. And I thought, man, that guy is successful. I mean, he's got to go, yeah, that's it, right there. Arthur Fonzarelli. I mean, he had the black jacket, and he had the jeans. He's always coming, he could kind of go... You know he could pop the uh, the jukebox. Sorry if you don't know what a jukebox is, but um, he could pop, and you know, the song would come on. It would just be just right for whatever the mood was. This guy had it going on. And the truth is, I think he was way ahead of his time. I think he was actually the inventor of the skinny jean. You know that's that's kind of cool too. You know he's he was the one. He's got a, We have a picture of Arthur in the skinny jeans. Look at that. He's ready to go, man. Right? He was the. He was way ahead of his time. But once I matured, I thought, okay, man, it's not him. You know that's not success. It's clearly. Cliff Huxtable, uh, Cliff Huxtable. Now that guy is successful from the Cosby Show. Look at that guy, right? Lots of Jello, and, and um, but he had, you know, he was a doctor, and he married a lawyer, and they lived in this beautiful uh, place in New York City. And uh, he had always had the right answers for the kids. I mean, that guy was successful. And it feels like it's continued to change as I've grown up. What's my definition of success? And we look around today and we see people like Donald Trump and we go, clearly he's successful. He's got all this money and he's got all this real estate. He's got the successful TV show and he's got his great, ha- well, he's got this um, successful TV show. I mean, that guy's got it going on. Or maybe if you kind of search around the internet, you know, you, and you find that mom blog, you know what I'm talking about, and she's got it all the like creative crafts and she's got all these healthy ways to get her kids to eat and they take these pictures like out in the forest or something like that and everyone's smiling, even the infant is smiling and the dog is smiling and all at the same time. I mean, it's incredible and you think she's, she's successful. I do know she's got like 50 hours in a day, I don't know how she gets it all done, but she's successful. Or maybe, maybe you follow this kind of thing like I do, that 10 days ago we have kind of a new bar for success that a man named joey chestnut broke his own world record with how many hot dogs he could eat in 10 minutes now i know what you're thinking if you don't follow this kind of stuff you're thinking that's kind of weird and maybe that was like 12 hot dogs maybe more than one a minute that would be pretty impressive it wasn't 12 and it wasn't 20 it was actually 69 hot dogs in 10 minutes which is um one hot dog every 8.7 seconds i did the math on that That's disgusting. Okay. And and if you were looking for the answer, the secret to have success in that field, I I can't help you today. Um, But Joey Chestnut can. He can help you. Um, But you know, there's no no lack of uh, information about this. There's books and there's movies and there's podcasts and blogs on what it takes to be successful. But um, but what does it really look like? What, What does it really look like to be successful at work? to be successful at home, to be a successful mom, or a successful husband, to be a successful coach, to be a successful Christian. What what does that even look like? Because the bottom line is, at the end of our lives, at the end of our lives, we're going to kind of want to look back and kind of think, okay, we made some of the right choices. We invested in some of the right things. We've kind of gone the right way, right, in the way we handled our, uh, our jobs, the way we loved our families in the way we uh, spent our time and our finances. But what's the secret? How do we get there? Well, fortunately for us, we're not the first ones to be asking this question. Th- this question has been asked since the beginning of time, time and time again. And um, today as we begin to dive in and see what God might look at and uh, and define as the secret to success. We're going to actually dive into the book of Psalms. And uh, Psalms is this pretty incredible collection of kind of songs and poems uh, written by a variety of authors, uh, one of them being David, that guy we talk about all the time in the Old Testament, who was a great man, a man after God's own heart. Um, But they are pretty cool. Just like songs today, they speak to kind of things of the heart. Uh, They talk about uh, great joys and great sadness and sorrow and confusion and celebration. That's what songs talk about, and so this psalm we're going to look at today is Psalm 1, and so it's the first one, and I think they intentionally put it there because it kind of puts uh, kind of a framework uh, for the entire book, and it's a little bit like a pep talk, so prepare to be pepped, all right, because it's going to happen right now. So uh, Psalm 1, it tells us the story of two guys who took different paths. One guy took the path toward success, and the other guy took the path toward failure, And right in the middle of the psalm, we're going to get uh, what might come as kind of an interesting solution, an interesting answer to what is the secret to success. It starts like this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Now, let me say first, when, when I hear those words, the sinners and the mockers and the wicked, I was kind of like, oh, like, this is just what I expected in the Bible. And I don't really like that kind of language. But I want to tell you what that's really referring to. And that is that um, those were uh, the author there is referring to people who were intentionally wanted nothing to do with God. They, they lived as if God didn't exist, as if they were the center of the world. It's not that God doesn't love these people, because he does. In fact, I used to be one of these people, and still I act like that type of person sometimes right now. But what he's trying to make a point about is that um, there's a way to live your life that is opposite its original design. It's, uh, uh, you'll hear more about this in detail uh, later on, but it's, it's like we're trying to live our lives if, as if um, uh, there's a different purpose right it's trying like trying to use a toothbrush to hammer in a nail or a, a hammer to brush your teeth you, you know it, it wouldn't really work that way they're not designed to work that way and there would be uh kind of destructive consequences and that's what he's saying with a life lived in the wrong direction so if you're new to church uh first you, you need to know that he loves you like crazy just the way you are and when he's talking about sinners and mockers and, and wicked he's not saying you know, you, you better straighten up you better get your act together. He's actually saying, "I want the best for everyone. And life lived apart from me is not my best. You were designed for more." Now. Now he talks about the blessed. That's how it starts. Blessed Is the one. Now that's our guy. That's the one we want to keep our eye on. That's the one we want to focus on, keep our attention on. And um, just because this is what I like to do when I read scripture, uh, so for our purposes or just for my purposes, we're going to name that guy Ralph, okay? Ralph is this one that we're talking about. He's the one that seems like he's kind of got it together, right? He's um, blessed, is when he's referring to life feels good. He's in the zone. Not all the circumstances are necessarily right in your life, but there's a, a certain peace that you still feel when you're feeling that blessed life. Blessed is those who, for those who live a certain way. They're happy uh, because they've lived life well. Ralph, Ralph, he's the successful one. Now it says the first thing that Ralph does is that he's intentional about what influences him. He's figured out a way, some way to put some filters up, some boundaries in place that will help him decide what gets in and what stays out because he knows what influences him will lead to changed thinking. And changed thinking will lead to changed behavior. And you know if he goes in the wrong direction with this, that um, it could prevent him from being successful. And so he says that he's first very, very careful about what gets in, about what he allows to influence him. You know how this works. When I was a kid, I had uh, my best friend was a guy named John Gibbs, and we spent all the time together. We would go down to the pool together. We played basketball together. We um, hung out after school. We had tried to arrange our classes together. We spent all the time together. And what ended up happening was we kind of, picked up the same phrases we would say the same things we kind of had the same attitudes about stuff every now and then someone would say Chris that sounds just like John when you said that when you did that you looked just like John because that's how influence works over time when you spend that time you begin to change your attitudes your uh your views your behavior begins to change and we all know this to be true that's that's why we kind of watch our kids and who they spend time with and uh how much time they spend with certain people we know how that works And the power of the world's influence is truly incredible. It's relentless. It's all around us, and it normalizes things. It justifies. It allows us to justify things in our lives that we kind of never thought that we would justify and that we know are not healthy. But it's also really subtle. I mean, it's in books and TVs and uh, movies and shows, even in our friends and coworkers and people in our neighborhoods they can unintentionally, subtly influence us in unhealthy directions. And that's what's so kind of dangerous about influence, is that it's so subtle. It happens over time. It happens slowly and steadily, just like the psalm said. It's a, it's a walking, and then it's, it's a standing, and then it's a sitting and what happens when you begin to watch the world is you, you just watch it and you watch and you begin to be more and more intent on it and it slowly becomes more and more attractive. It's this gradual progression. It might go something like this where you, you say, you know what, I'm going to start watching that, that cable TV show that everyone's watching. You know, I know it's got a few inappropriate content, maybe some stuff I shouldn't be seeing or some things I shouldn't be uh, uh, hearing, but you know what, it's okay, it's not a big deal. And then, Later, you kind of go, you stay up a little bit later, on that same channel, there's this other kind of adult-type program, and you think, you know what, I'm an adult, (laughs) I can watch adult programs, that's not a big deal, and then the next thing you know, maybe you're you're on the internet looking for more adult-type things to look at, and you think, that's not what we wanted to have happen, we were just watching a cable TV program, but that's kind of how it works, it's just slow and steady and progressive. And the same thing can happen in, uh, in our lives with, as we get influenced by the way, that, that guy at work or that uh, lady in the neighborhood or uh, uh, that kid that sits next to you in third period Spanish. It's just slow and gradual and progressive. You know, no one wants to grow up uh, uh, and be uh, greedy or selfish or prideful. They, want to be, they don't want to be a thief or a gossiper or they don't want to be addicted to a, a substance or a behavior. It just slowly happens through life. When we open ourselves up to these types of influences when we walk and then when we slow down and we stand and then we sit in this kind of influence if we're not intentional about putting some filters up some boundaries up then we'll get to places and we'll begin to do things that we'd never believed would ever be a part of our lives ralph knows ralph knows that with without putting some filters up without putting those boundaries up will not be successful in life the psalmist continues in verse 2 the story continues about what Ralph does allow to influence him he says but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night he says the next thing that Ralph does is that he intentionally exposes himself to the law of the Lord this is God's truth this is about God's character and he says he delights in God's truth, it's so wonderful. He can't keep his eyes off it. It's like a, it's like a newborn baby. You know, you get that newborn baby, and it's so wonderful. And you look at it, you can just can't stop looking at it. And then it's got that, it's kind of got that fresh out of the womb smell. You know, that baby smell. You know what I'm talking about? And you know, and, and then it's got. Um, you just can't. You just savor your time with that little baby. Okay, I just lost all the guys. Okay, it, it, it's like that, um, that Angus barn steak, you know, and you, you can't take your eyes off it. It's got that newly slaughtered smell. You do it, and it's, it's just incredible, you know, and you savor it. Okay, now everyone's glad. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. We, we're delighting in it. And here's the thing. God's truth is Incredible. His truth, his description of who we are and who he is and how he loves us is incredible. It's worth our attention. It's worth our focus. It's worth delighting in. It's worth uh, us allowing ourselves to be influenced by. And then he goes on to say it's not just something that he touches on everything, but that he meditates on it day and night that he allows it to be a main influencer in his life and then the psalmist goes on to give this incredible incredible analogy if this is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible and this is him kind of describing what success is it goes like this is this verse 3 he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does Prospers. Now, I might have an unhealthy love for trees. I mean, I love them. I mean, I don't know if I'm a tree hugger or not. Some people have said I'm a tree hugger, but I love trees. I always look at those big, huge oak trees, and it was one day and I kind of thought, man, that's what I want my life to look like. That's what I want my faith to look like. I want one of those, but the truth is I'm like more like one of these little saplings, you know, that I can put my finger, you know, my fingers around. But we get this beautiful picture here of success. This um, tree that's planted by streams of water, so it uh, is constantly producing fruit in season. I think this is referring to uh, those people that you see that um, are just full of God's spirit and the fruit of his spirit, right? Love in the way they love their family, in the way they love people, and joy and peace. They just kind of have this calmness about them. There's this patience when they get into those difficult circumstances. They've got um, uh, kindness and goodness There's a gentleness about them. They don't fly off the handle. And they've got self-control. They've got discipline in their life. There's just this beautiful picture of success and of uh, of, a strong character that's built from this image. And then it goes on and says their their lives of, of success are durable, right? Even when the droughts come, even when all the other trees around are withering and dying, not this one. This one's got a deeper source of life, and that's the people that you know. When you walk around, and you can you see them. You go, man, man, the, the storms are going on in their life, man. The the crap has hit the fan in their life, but there's something different about them. There's they they're, they're they've got able to to dive into them. They've got a well somewhere that they're pulling from to keep them living life as consistently as they are. And then he goes on. He says everything they do prospers, and, and he's not talking about um, uh, that are. Uh, When we read God's word that our bank accounts will immediately fill up or that we'll never get sick again or that we'll win the lottery or do something great. He's talking about uh, uh, an investment, a long-term investment. When we get to the end of our life, we would look back and go, man, the, the stuff we invested in really mattered. He's talking about legacy. That's a beautiful picture of success. And so this is Ralph's legacy this is what he's all about this is who Ralph is it's a beautiful man Ralph so after he defines success the psalmist moves on to tell us the other story of the other guy and because I'm the one with the microphone we're going to call this guy Waldo okay so we've got Ralph Waldo Emerson does not make the story okay it's just these two guys but Waldo's here and um, it goes on it says not so the wicked this is in verse four they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The author gives us another great image. This image of chaff, which we don't talk about much anymore, but uh, the readers back then knew exactly what he was talking about, because chaff is what is left in the in the grain, or left from the grain after it's threshed. It's useless. It's not good for anything. And what a stark contrast to this beautiful picture we just had of the tree that is right by the streams of water. It's uh, uh, fruitful and durable and prosperous. Have you ever felt like life just wasn't going anywhere? That it, it, it lacked purpose or direction? I, I think this is what he's talking about, where you might get to the end of a day or a week or a month and go, what I, what am I doing? Did I, did I actually even accomplish anything last month, last year? What's really happening here? Notice that it doesn't say uh, about Waldo in these verses that it describes his story. It doesn't say that um, uh, he was unsexual because he filled his life with with evil things, or he surrounded himself with evil people. Uh, I think Waldo's biggest mistake was that he was just unintentional about his life. He, he didn't have those filters up. He didn't put those boundaries up. So the natural result, result is that he was just shaped by whatever was around him. He was shaped by the culture, the, by the people, by the ways, by the values of those around him. You know, the same sentiment is stated by Paul in Romans. He says it uh, the same way. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, Waldo. But be transformed by by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect perfect will. And here's the same secret rephrase, right? Don't let the world around you be the one that shapes you. You've got to put up filters. You've got to allow God's word to be the one that influences you, that transforms you, that shapes you. Then... Then we'll know what God's best is. We'll know what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Aren't we asking that question all the time? What am I supposed to do? What's God's will in this situation? Well, he says, this is the way to find it. This is the way to success. The psalmist finishes us uh, by telling us the rest of the story for Ralph and for Waldo. In verse 6, it says, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. You know, the the scripture, interestingly enough, it doesn't say, you know what the secret is? Doing good things. Going to church. Serving. Being good at something. Building a great reputation. Building a great family. Working hard. Winning friends. It doesn't say that. Indeed, it says, the secret is actually. The secret that leads to success is influence. Not who you influence, but what you allow to influence you. So I'm kind of a a simple person, but the takeaways from this psalm are pretty clear. The first one is this, as we're trying to build the secret to success and as we're trying to live a life that is successful, we've got to eliminate unhealthy influences in our lives that encourage us toward those unhealthy, destructive decisions. You know, maybe that's some kind of media. Maybe it's something you're listening to. Maybe it's something you're watching. Maybe it's uh, uh, something on the internet. Maybe it's uh, maybe some people at work, or maybe some people in your neighborhood. Maybe there's some uh, some friends that are influencing you in a way that may not lead you in the right direction. Maybe there's some, even some family members that you might need to put up some filters and some boundaries. And and I want you to hear me. I I am the first one uh, to say, man, let's go reach the next person. Let's go encourage to love them. But we've got to be wise. We've got to make sure that we're the ones influencing, not the other way around, that we're getting influenced, that we're moving in the wrong direction. And when I talk about this, you know those areas of your life. Maybe even as I began to talk today, or maybe when you're um, sitting in front of that, that show, or you're driving around or you're with those people, there's something in you that just kind of it just doesn't feel quite right? Well, those are the little flags. those are the little indicators to go, Maybe this is where I need to put a filter. Maybe this is where I need to put up a little bit of a, a boundary here to protect myself. So the tough question is. What are the biggest influences in your life? What are the things that have the most uh, uh, impact in influencing your life? It, it probably wouldn't take you but about two or three minutes to write those down. Maybe there's a, a couple names. Maybe there's a couple things as you look through your, uh, your calendar or how long you spend doing different things. You, you could probably write your list of their top five or top ten things pretty quickly. But what are the biggest influences in your life? And what... Are they shaping you to be? It might be time to eliminate, to, to put up some boundaries, to put up some filters in your life so that uh, those influences don't begin to shape you in a direction you don't want to go. And the second takeaway is this. Allow God's truth to influence you. Now, how does this really work? You know, um, to, to allow uh, God's truth to be the one that actually shapes us. Well, I, I tried in my life just to commit some regular time to reading the Bible and not to get better, not to do the right thing or not because I have to or because I'm a pastor or anything like that, but because God has used his word in my life time and time and time again to change me, to shape me, to transform me. It, it's it's kind of given me a framework uh, in which to live my life. Uh, so often what happens is I go out into the world. And I do, I, I, I kind of, I get all these different influences in my life. So people, someone says this and it makes me kind of think a different way or maybe uh, I hear something on this side or I see something and I go and I, when I, the next time I'm with God's truth, it's a little bit like a plumb line. It kind of recalibrates me and say, like, oh, that sounded, that sounded right, but it was in, it was kind of hollow now that I know what the truth is. Or this, this looked funny or it looked, smelled funny, but oh yeah, this is what truth is. It kind of recalibrates me what's really important in life because the truth is I am prone to forgetting I am such a forgetful person and if I'm not regularly in God's word if I'm not there uh, kind of day in and day out if I'm trying to uh, continue to uh, increase that influence in my life I'll just forget I need regular reminding of God's character and God's love for us and God's heart for other people Otherwise, I'll just forget, and I'll kind of make up my own values. But these truths, they begin to undergird my decisions. It begins to influence me, and I'm shaped by it. You see, the Bible is not just a book of rules and regulations. It's kind of gotten that reputation. It's not just a book of helpful life advice or or cool stories or great parables. It's so much more than that. It's living and active In fact, one of the the writers of Hebrews says this, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that's what I was talking about, that kind of recalibration, that it begins to help us define what's really important, what's really valuable in our lives. God's Word changes me. It prepares me for life. And it reminds me of God's goodness. So here's the practical challenge. Expose yourself to Scripture. Start with something simple. Start with just a little maybe. Uh, You're not expected to know everything. And even if you're kind of kicking the tires of Christianity, I'd still encourage you to try and just begin to read some of God's Word. That's how you're going to get to know what God is really like anyways. And we wanted to start by giving you guys just a, a few options and a, a way to maybe get started if you haven't regularly read the Bible or, if, or maybe get restarted if you kind of fell into a little bit of a slump or maybe take those next steps. So what we've done is on, um, on the Hope app, if you don't have it yet, if you've got a smartphone, you can download the Hope app. It's really simple. You can just put in Hope Community Church and it'll come up and you can download it on, on your phone. And it's, uh, uh, it's pretty simple, but onto the read section, we've got a, a reading plan that you can read through the entire book of Psalms, it's 150 psalms in 31 days. And you might be thinking, that's a lot of psalms. and It is, it's a lot of psalms, it's 150 of them, but it'll walk you right through it each day. Uh, you can just listen to them, you can actually, it'll play, play it for you, or you can read through them. It'll only take you about uh, 10 minutes a day. But if you're thinking, man, that's a lot of psalms, I'd say, we'll just start with one. How about one a day? Or how about one a week? But that you would begin to increase that influence of God's word in your life. I'd even say, uh, if the Psalms aren't your thing, or that's, that's fine. I Maybe try uh, uh, just reading through a gospel. My favorite is Luke. So if you want to read through Luke, just read about a chapter a day or a chapter a week and begin to allow God's word, God's truth, to influence you. Because it's said time and time again that reading the scripture is like eating an elephant. You, know, you don't really know where to start, and you just got to take it bite by bite. Okay, no one ever says that. Um, I just want to make sure you're still with me. Um, but um, the truth is, here's the truth. The truth is we all want to be successful, right? We all want to be that tree planted by the streams of water where we are fruitful in season, where we're durable, where our lives are prosperous, where when we look back, we go, man, I lived a successful life. The things I invested in, the way I loved my family, the way I loved the people around me, that was success. It left a legacy. But the secret is influence. The secret is influence. And without the influence of the one who actually created us, Well, then, we're all prone to believe messages like these, like money will solve all my problems. That will be my security. If I could just uh, get as much money as possible, that will be the answer. Or I don't have what it takes. I don't measure up. Or, Or lies like the things I do in private don't matter. They don't have any impact on anybody else. Or this lie, I'll be happy if, fill in the blank, if I got that, if I got to do that, if I was with that person, I'll be happy if. Or this lie, your worth comes from your beauty, comes from your intellect, comes from your talents, comes from your humor. We'll be prone to believe that kind of message. But God desperately Wants us, his uh, to be influenced by his word, so that we would hear this truth, that he says, "I made you. I have an incredible plan for your life. I, I want you to be a part of my plan. I want you to be a part of my team. I, I want you to be part of my family." I'll be the one that provides for you. I love you just the way you are. And I love being your dad. God's dying for us to hear those messages, to let those sink in, to let those influence us. The secret to a successful life? Influence so what's shaping your life let's pray God you are um, you're so good to us it's just it's just fun to say uh, that list of truths because they are the way you feel they are your heart for us so God let those things sink in today and um May we have the courage to, to allow your word to influence us, that we would be regularly reminded of those truths about ourselves and about who you are and about the way you love people. God, give us the courage just to start somewhere or to take the next step. And God, give us the courage to maybe eliminate or um, back away from some of those influences in our life. They can have unhealthy negative effects. They can lead us in the wrong direction. God, thanks that you love being our dad. Thanks that you love us just the way we are. And that you're committed to transforming us. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.